Suddenly 30 is a podcast by Emily and Lily. We are two friends who thought we would have it all figured out by 30. After ticking all the so-called boxes, getting married, buying a home, becoming mothers and navigating careers, we were suddenly 30 and trying to find ourselves in the messiness of modern womanhood. Suddenly 30 will bring you candid, light-hearted and unfiltered conversations about moving through careers, managing relationships, transitioning into motherhood and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Suddenly 30. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about everything that surrounds turning 30. We're going to go through what it's like to reach the milestone of turning 30 and the societal pressures that come along with that. Is that pressure even real? Well, we can probably live to tell the tale now. (laughs) Uh, What happens after you turn 30 and do we really need to worry about it? We're also going to talk about our own experiences of turning 30. We've both recently moved into the new decade, so it's the perfect time for us to share our different perspectives and reflect back on some aspects of our 20s. And whether you're a couple of years away from turning 30 or plenty of years gone, I think most of us can agree that there's something mysterious, magical and meaningful, but maybe meaningless (laughs) about turning 30. Um, And at the end of this episode, we hope that you realize that all of these expectations that we put on ourselves are just funny and silly. Uh, We hope you leave feeling a little less alone and more excited about the prospect of turning 30, or if you've already turned 30, just excited about being in your 30s. Because regardless of where you're at and your life situation, turning 30 is something to be celebrated. It's an exciting new life chapter. The first thing that I wanted to talk about Mm. Do you ever shop on Net-A-Porter? Mm, not, like I'll browse there, but I don't often buy things. Yeah. But my sister does. Yeah, I love Net-A-Porter. Anyway, so obviously hashtag inflation, the mm. things we're just talking about with not having any money, like can't afford things like the salads we just bought were $56. Like I don't understand how two <laughs> salads are $56. I can't believe we just like willingly paid that. Like we, we should go to so like Hugo's for lunch. No, I don't even understand. But anyway, but – Okay, so like obviously this is our situation. And then I was browsing on Netaporter the other day. No, this morning. Mm. And I got an email saying, you know, like new collections just launched, blah, blah, blah. There was a dress on there. It's from Kate. Have you ever heard of the brand no. Kate? I'm obsessed with it. We'll never be able to afford a single item from like, there. What's That's the fine. average item cost from Kate? So like a belt, a belt is a thousand. Oh, God. Okay, like literal a leather yeah. belt. Anyway, this dress was $6,000, just a casual – or it wasn't casual. You'd wear it to like a winter wedding maybe, yeah. but it didn't have sleeves. It's like cashmere, I'm pretty Not sure. Not a lot of material. How much do you think it was? Six, you just told me $6,000. Oh, did I? Did I say that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. You literally six, just said I'm it's $6,000. No, I'm done well. Anyway, it was $6,000. Oh, okay. It was sold out. So who, 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 this is what I'm saying to you. Where who, are these people? Who, who, who is, is spending, buying this? Not only – not only are they buying a $6,000 dress, but in today's climate, yeah, they're like, buying a $6,000 dress. Who, so that's just spare coin. That? No. Someone has six it's, grand it's, spare coin ooh. for a dress. Yeah, that's not me. It's not you. Anyway, I think someone's going to listen to this and go, you just have $56 to spend on a takeaway salad yeah. when I probably could have heated up leftover bolognese. Yeah, mm, maybe, yeah. but... I but really we, wanted that salad. You was, you sold me. You told and me also, today's that. a celebratory day, yes, so today, yeah. it's a celebratory salad. So, do you want to tell me a little bit about how you felt leading up to turning thirty? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
Oh my God. It feels like it's not, it's literally only been a couple of months, but it feels ages ago now, but I did share this with you Mm. in the lead up to your recent 30th couple of days ago, because Mm. you were kind of messaging me, voice noting me for practice for our our, um, podcast about how you were just feeling really emotional and like, what have I done? Like, have I done enough? And you know, all of that. Anyway, I'll let you tell that story, but basically I kind of had a realization and I think this is what made me feel anxious about turning 30 was that the four maybe since I was 10 is like as early as mm. I can remember I had envisioned and had a plan like I'm doing air quotes mm. a loose plan <laughs> or you know like what I had envisioned and what I wanted for my mm. life by the time I turned 30 and that included like being you know in some kind of career that was considered successful to to me yeah um I wanted to own a home, I wanted to be married and I wanted to have like at least one kid. And then I've just recently turned 30. I'd already had two children. I have owned my own home. Great. And I've, I'm in a good great. career. <laughs> it sounds. I've got a mortgage. Yeah, I've got a mortgage. <laughs> great. Um, you know, I'm in a good career currently on maternity leave. I'm married and I have children. Like, cool. I, everything that I had envisioned in my life had come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Had yeah. happened. I need to stop saying, yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's it came to fruition. Yes. Um, and then I think that's what caused me so much anxiety because mm. I had never thought about my life beyond 30. I had just made these plans. They'd all come true. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm now turning 30. Like what now? I've yeah. never given or envisioned my life going forward. So it kind of felt really uncomfortable when I had that realization. Like, mm. oh, I've never thought about this. Yeah, it's and like what's I, next? Yeah, and then I, I kind of didn't want to be in the mode of – saying like what's next what's next okay now what now what now what because you can just get stuck on like a hamster mm. wheel and so I kind of just sat like with it forget for to bit. live in the now exactly mm. I'm queen of not living mm. in the now like it's really something I'm trying to work on yeah. which I suck at but anyway but then I can't remember I saw um someone like a blogger that I follow mm. I think it, it's her name's Ashley Kane anyway she basically posted something on Instagram of all places saying that she had recently felt unrelated to turning 30, Mm. but she had, um, she's older. I think she's like 35 or something. Anyway, she had posted something recently of saying like she had felt really stagnant in her work and Mm. in her life and was not really sure like why she was feeling that way and unmotivated and just a bit sad and down and like not herself Mm. anyway. And she had now come out of that stage and she kind of had spoken to a life coach, I think. And that life coach said like, you have just recently achieved every goal or, you know, everything that you had envisioned for your life. You Mm. had kind of achieved that or maybe achieve isn't the right word, but like you had completed that. Yeah. And then because of that, you were now trying to move on to the next thing, but actually like you needed to create space for yourself to reflect and like reflect on what you've achieved and feel really positive about that and, yeah. and have a moment of just sitting still and going, and acknowledge, wow, acknowledge like, it. Acknowledge yes. where you are and like, acknowledge what you've done. Exactly. Rather so, than feeling like you need to jump into the next, like what's next. Yeah, and it's actually okay mm. to – well, she she wrote this. I'm not saying that I was – thinking this until mm. I saw but that sort of and it made kind of made me feel about, better. Oh, okay, this is how – like this is where I am. Yeah, this like I don't I'm need thinking. to feel anxious about, okay, mm. what's next or like what am I even doing? I've done everything that I thought I was going to do. Just maybe celebrate that. And that's kind of what I took into my turning 30, my 30th mm. birthday and the celebration that I had with friends is I wanted to just celebrate like everything that I had done. Yeah. 
and kind of like not close that chapter, but, you know, really acknowledge it and have a celebratory party yeah, with friends. Do something nice. Yeah, do something nice to go, yeah, like I did turn 30 and I mm. did do all of these things and it's okay if I feel a little bit like what am I doing now? Where am I going? What yeah. job am I doing? Like should I have more kids? <laughs> like my mortgage is crazy, inflation, blah, blah, blah. That Like feel all of those things because mm. that then, you know, be in that mode and then out of that and that process is going to come new goals. Yeah. And so don't still don't know what they are. It's no, been four months no. of being 30. I'm kind of maybe this podcast is yeah. part something, of it. Part yeah. of it. I don't know. Like I've definitely been feeling like I wanted something new and fresh mm. going forward into my into my thirtieth. And anyway, yeah, maybe that this makes is me it. feel good hearing you say that. Yeah, like, you had because I friends. because I think um, I guess I'm still in like the early phases of being thirty. But <laughs> so, <laughs> hello, I'm thirty. You're, like four you're months like 30, or something. It's fine. Thirty point four, and I'm yeah. thirty point like not even. I'm zero. Um, <laughs> but 30. it makes me feel better. Like, I think I'm, I'm still in this phase of like, where am I? What am I doing? Like, have I done enough? What am I going to do next? Whereas like, I'm, I'm sort of not living so much in the now. Like, mm. I think I need to take a step back and be like, oh, look what you did in your twenties. And like, yeah, there's still so many things that I want to do moving forward. Mm. And yeah, I guess I need, I need to, I need to live a bit more in the now and like, I need to reflect a bit more on how good. Yes my 20s have been and then but but, and it is like I I think we already touched on this but and we're going to talk about like are these pressures that we put on ourselves real Mm. or not because when you when we're saying how how we felt in the lead Mm. up to turning 30 out loud it does sound kind of trivial yeah I know and then I'm like oh it's so stupid like it's just a number well exactly but the actual underpinning of what those feelings are Mm. isn't trivial no yes turning 30 is trivial and no one, no one on the street is looking at you and going, oh, my God, that person just turned 30 and they don't know what they're doing. No one knows no, how old anyone is. No. But it's more internally, it's significant to be rolling over into a new decade, whether it's 30, 40, 20. Yeah. It, it is. Wherever, yeah, wherever it is. Even when you're, like, 10. You're like, I'm just turned 10. Exactly. It's a big deal. And <laughs> like, we, like, we put, yeah. you know, celebratory, like, significance on these things. Totally. And that's okay, but we just need to... Like say it out loud and then check ourselves a little bit. In my lead up to turning thirty, I I think like in my early twenties and into my like twenty era, I <laughs> I think when people around me started turning thirty, I was like, oh, I'm not even near turning thirty. Like thirty felt really old to me, and I know it's not. I have some friends who are older, <laughs> elderly, um, who are older than me. And I think when they started turning 30, I was like, oh, like, I'm still so far away from you. Like, it just didn't, it just didn't feel close to me at all. And then I guess, like, slowly it started to sort of creep up. Anyway, now I'm here and I am 30. And similar to you, Lil, I, like, I had a lot of things I wanted to achieve by 30. And I think even, like, as a, as a teenager, I was like, oh, when I'm 28, I'm going to, like, have three kids and do all these things and have a house. And Do you feel like this is a symptom of being the eldest child too? Potentially, yeah. yes. So we're both eldest the, yeah. children. And I think you put that expectation on yourself, definitely an eldest, an eldest child issue. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, as I've got to 30, like, I've achieved lots of the things that I imagined that I would do in my 20s. But I... I guess as the closer I've got, I'm like, oh, have I done all of the things I wanted to do? Like, am I in the right career? 
like, should have I had another child? Should have I not had a big wedding? Like, you just question everything. I I felt so emotional. The day before I turned 30, I just sort of had, like, blocked it out last week. I was like, nope, not thinking about it. And then the day before, I was like, like, it feels like you're closing a chapter. And it I, really does. And I think your parents as well, like yes. they make such a big deal. Well, mine you did too. You said this to me. You yeah. were like, your parents make, and and they did. My mom, when I went over they to get see emotional. her that day, she was like, hello. Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, like what? last day. I know. And you're like, what? Yeah. It, like know. everyone around you feels weirdly emotional. And like mm. your parents are like, I can't believe I've got a 30 year old. Yeah. And all your friends are like, oh, 30, 30. big deal. Yeah, yeah. People do really make a big deal out um, of it. But I'm it's like, what are you doing for your 30th? Yeah. Like, Yes, which is really it's nice, and I think I needed I need to like I guess like accept and appreciate that it is a bit of a closing of a chapter, Mm -hmm. and it is an opportunity to like start fresh and not like obviously life. What goodbye child, goodbye marriage. I'm starting fresh. (laughs) I'm not doing. I'm getting divorced. I'm moving on. No, so power to you if that's what you want to do. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. How did you yeah. feel when you woke up on your 30th birthday? Because I just remember, like, if there's anything humbling, it's having children. They don't give a rat's ass like, you that it was your birthday. No, they don't care. Like, I literally cried the night before, woke up, went, oh, my God, it's my 30th. Yeah. I thought it was going to – thought my children, like, they're two and six months at the time. <laughs> They don't know. No, anything. they don't care. But, they don't care mean, about just the balloons. You, yeah, like the, they're like cool balloons. Yeah, it just brings you straight back down to earth. Yeah, anyway, how was that? Yeah. Did Posey? Um, did Posey, Posey, Posey. Well, I'm still because I'm still breastfeeding. It was like she comes into bed in the morning and she's like, ah, and she's yeah. like feed her. I'm like cool. <laughs> Um, no and then off. she's doing this new thing where it's like if I don't give her the other side instantly, like it's like the end of the world. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, I feel like you. It was it was really lovely. I was mm. I felt so special and like Luke had got me a beautiful present. Oh yeah, what did you get? I didn't even ask. Well, um, I got um, this bracelet. This beautiful bracelet. Love it. Gold, gold bracelet because really I don't have nice. a bracelet. Yeah, that was from Luke. And then I got a Camilla and Mark belt because I do, I actually I don't own a belt. Just like a plain black nice. You could have bought that belt Kate one for yeah. thousand yeah. dollars. This one was one hundred and fifty dollars. Perfect. So quite good. And he got me some really nice um, A. Emery shoes. A. Yes. Emery. And Which I didn't ones? even ask. The Jarlins. Yes. I love the Jarlins. I hadn't even asked for them. They were like. What colour? Black. And I, it just it's just what I needed. Like I'm. He's the, good. Yeah. He, he asked my sister. Oh, okay. Um, but still, but that's bless good. bless him. He like tried really hard. So, like, that's so really thoughtful. nice. Yeah. The thought. See, guys, the yeah. thought that counts. Yeah. It's always it was, the thought. Like that made me feel. I'm like, I don't, I don't even care about the other stuff. Just the fact that you. Like we're went going out of your way to doing back that. Yeah. And like did that and just was so sweet. That's yeah. really nice. And I got a beautiful card and, and like. Yeah, he's cute. just so cute. He writes the cutest cards. Uh, Dan's handwriting sucks, so I got um, an email. Oh, he sent me a big long email. Don't, <laughs> don't, Actually, quite nice. Yeah, yeah. So I felt I felt emotional, but I felt happy, and I feel like I'm like still in the like I'm in like the weird week between. Yeah, you've got to celebrate I did family on Family things last week, and now I'm doing like friend things this week. So. T- um, TBC on TBC. ultimate verdict on what it's like to be. 30. Yes, because the other thing is, like, since having a baby, I I. I don't really. I don't think I've had a hangover. Like I don't think oh. I've really drunk that much to the point where I've been really hungover. I always just have a few. And after my thirtieth was yes, the worst hangover so I'm I've had in my life. So yeah. nervous for Sunday. 
Like, I'm so <sighs> nervous. I'm. I I got nervous today thinking about my hangover. After yes, yes. Yeah, so, well, you better be like that on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. dreading. Well, should we get into? Basically, some of the reasons why mm-hmm. it feels stressful when you're turning 30 or in the lead up to your 30s. Yes. Um, maybe we can start by talking about societal pressures. Yes. I think some of those pressures are getting married. Like there mm. is a societal expectation in a way that you are about to be married or in a long-term mm. relationship or, or already married around the time of turning 30. There's also expectation to have a child if that's something that mm. you're interested in. And I think in. especially as women, like we've got that pressure of... Well, even a biological clock mm, adds, to, yeah. it, adds yeah. to that as well. Like obviously from, you know, mid to late 30s it gets difficult or can mm. get difficult. So there's an added pressure there that comes from like a literal biological thing but then there's also just societal pressure of mm. expecting that, you know, if you're married or not married, you know, that you... You've, you should have children. Yeah. Also, there's an expectation to, you know, be settled in some kind of career, own a home and mm. kind of be set up financially that's maybe not as a realistic expectation. Mm. So the owning maybe- the home one's like quite um, – like it's funny because that one often comes from like our parents or our parents' parents, like our grandparents. Yeah. And like I'm like they put purchased homes for an absolute fraction of what – I've Their told you, the lady was. next door bought mm. this house, her house, sorry, for mm. $2,000 yeah, in 1956. Like, no. You would die just, at the prices yeah. now. And, and, but then you feel this pressure, like your parents, like, you should buy, you should, you got to get your foot yeah. in the door. It's like, how? How, how, how? do I get my foot in the door? <laughs> okay. So why don't we just try and debunk or look at some data, look at some research and, and address some of these societal pressures and basically assess, like, are these real? Are the pressures real? Is the story that we're telling ourselves or the story that society is telling us actually a fact mm. or is this just a belief that, you know, we have? Yeah. But we're going to have a look at age of marriage, yeah. first time to become parents, buying a home, like average jobs held or like what, what yeah. kind of careers are people in and then um, savings and money and like what kind of financial situation people are in. Emily, why don't you talk about... <laughs> yeah. um, the age of marriage. Yes. Okay. What I looked at was mm-hmm. I was looking at the median age of first time marriage. So not like second, third, <laughs> fourth, fifth. <laughs> because that's what, the, that's what the ABS like stats are in Australia. Yes. Um, and interestingly, like since the mid 1970s when they've been looking at this data, the age of first time marriage has actually gone up. Um, for first for for men and women, mm-hmm. um, so in the in 1974, men were around 23 years old and women were around 20 years old. Wow, which like isn't even that long ago. It doesn't feel that long ago. And if we look at 2021, men were getting married at 30, nearly 31, and women we're getting married at around 29. So in like it's gone up in between 1974 and 2021 quite significantly. But you know what I also want to know? That is mm. that is quite interesting. Like what's it going to be in another exactly. 50 years? Exactly. But but the, I think what I is... want to know is okay, that's the median age of getting married, but what percentage of people that age mm. are actually married? I guess. Okay, here's what it says for the UK. 
In the mid-1970s, when the sun always shone, I don't want to know any of this, a quarter of women were married by the age of 20 in the 1970s. I didn't even know myself at 20. And three quarters were married by the age of 25. Yeah. So today, one in three women are married by the age of 30. So only one third. Yeah, so then two-thirds are still left to get married in their 30s. Okay, so debunked. Mm. This Consider this debunked to a point, right? Yes. Like can we just say that? Yes, I I absolutely think we can say that. I think for the – as we've just discussed, mm. we – that pressure – and just just to note, we didn't get married because of the pressure. No. And it's hard for us to talk about this because we are the ones married. So if you're unmarried and 30 and stressing about that, you're probably thinking, shut Shut up. up. You don't know what it's like. Think about the 16 people we're going out for lunch with on Saturday. Out of all of those people, (gasps) majority of people aren't married. Yes. Like you and I, a couple of the other girls, and everybody's like 30 or nearing 30. Yeah. And or some people are even in their early to mid 30s. Actually, I've got a few mid 30s coming. Mm. Um, Majority aren't married. So. There we go. I know that's like obviously anecdotally, but. Yes. Very I, much I, anecdotally I think I feel, I feel <laughs> somewhat normal with my friends. Yeah. Um, and even friends of friends yeah. because everybody's just doing what is right for them in that the point of yeah. their life. So there definitely yeah. is a societal expectation of what's ideal. Mm. But I also see. think that a lot of people now, especially post the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, aren't getting married. A lot of people are just choosing to put their focus on having children first or yes. Well, because they didn't get the opportunity or, to get married, like yeah. have the actual event of getting married because yeah. of restrictions and things like that. And I like just that. think it's become less of a priority for people. Like yeah. it, it's obviously it's a financial cost. Um, yeah, I think people have reassessed what's important to them and whether like, – I mean, I I think my wedding was the best day of my entire life mm. other than having a baby – um, but it is, it's like the funnest day you ever experienced. It's but, the funnest but, ever. But a lot of people don't value well, that just so much. inflation, like all of those things are yeah. just playing a part. So it may feel like when you're turning 30 or approaching 30 or in your 30s that you're the only one, but I think we can at least anecdotally say not the case. Not the case. Absolutely not the case. Absolutely not the case. Okay, I think let's talk about having children. Yeah. The average age of mm-hmm. having children. Do you want me to speak to it? Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. All right, so... You've done um, the research, Emily, <laughs> so you do it. I only research two things, the age of marriage and the age of becoming <laughs> a first-time mother. Um, and I found the first-time mother. Like, I, I voice-noted Lily straight away last night, and I was like, how interesting is this? Mm. I just found it I just found it really interesting. Um, so, basically... In 2021, the average age of a first-time mum was 29.7, so, like, basically 30. Um, But that's just the average age. So when you actually look at the data and particularly when you look at what has happened um, over the last sort of – I keep starting to say 20 years, like 1980s, 20 years ago. I know, I feel the same. But 1980s, obviously 40 years ago. So, like, in in 1980 – 15% 15% of people had their first child in their 30s. Sorry, I should say 15% of women had their first child in their mm. 30s. So the majority majority was having before they yeah. were turning 30. And then yeah. in the 19, in 1991, it moved up to 23% having their first child in their 30s. 
2011, it was 43% of people were having their first child in their 30s. And in 2020, we jumped over the 50%. It was 53% of people became first-time mothers. I guess that is... What what I hope in looking at that is that it normalizes having children in your thirties. Like a majority, more than fifty percent of people are having their first children between thirty and thirty four, if not older. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, another one and, debunked. And, 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 debunked. And, yeah, debunked. <laughs> and when I look at also at our friends, like majority of our friends, definitely in recent years and post the pandemic, people have started to have kids or yeah. have made that decision perhaps earlier than they thought they would. Earlier than average, yeah. It'd be yeah. interesting to see the data between 2020. Yeah, yes, yeah. And if anything shifted between 2020 and um, now. Uh, I reckon it would. Okay, Talk another, yeah, me. I think another pressure that people have on themselves turning 30 or it's not even just turning 30, just to have completed by the time you turn 30 mm. or in your late 20s, like something that you, again, like society says you should do or try and do is buying and owning a home. Mm. Um, very stressful in today's market. <laughs> yes. A very a stressful, well, just not even having a mortgage, just trying to even, A, get a mortgage. Mm. There's layoffs. Be approved for a mortgage. You know, so many, yeah, be yeah. approved for a mortgage. Then actually and then be able to find, find a, a property. Home. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It like, makes me annoyed. I'm just like. Well, here we go. So the median age of Australian first home owning nationally in 2000 looked to be around 24.5, so like, let's yeah. just call it 24. 24.25 was which the is, medium. Which, like, to me, that I feel like that's young. That's like, very when young When I was today. 24, I, I didn't have a cent to my name. I, like, I could oh. not have got a mortgage. Diddy and I were stealing toilet paper from the clubs we were going to because we couldn't <laughs> afford toilet paper and Stop bringing it, it home on a Saturday night. Stop it. They're, like, one ply. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. And they, they put them in those metal things. We used to jimmy them open and steal the toilet paper. Stop it. Horrific. Like, I was not anywhere no, near buying you it. obviously weren't going to be buying a home at no, that stage of your life. Absolutely not. <laughs> Living on peanut butter sandwiches, foul. And today, the median age of home owning is mid-30s. Stop. Yeah, yeah, From it's 35. Like home. So the median age of Australians to buy their first home yeah. is 35. 35. Yep. Like, and actually, in 2018, it was... It was even higher. Like it did a little bit of a dip, but mm. yeah, it was like interesting, closer to thirty six. So let's say around the age of thirty five, thirty six, which to me feels way more realistic mm. than the societal pressure and expectations of someone in their early twenties yeah. to be purchasing a property or late twenties. Mm. I don't know many people in their early twenties who bought property, and I still don't know many people in their late twenties. I know a lot of people who haven't haven't purchased totally. property, like. And, and it, why do we use that as a measure of success? Like, oh, yes, they, oh, they they're, they're really no, but you know what? Unit. It really is you, the Australian dream. It, oh, I it's know. The owning property is what's sold to us is the Australian dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I know. I know what you mean. Like in Europe, everybody rents. Mm. No one owns a home. It's all long-term rental. But I think that's the issue here. Anyway, this is like a, a whole long-winded We'll do a whole episode on buying on a home. The rental crisis. <laughs> but, yeah, people want to own homes because there's – Anyway, I can't. I yeah. can't even go into it about like so a mental crisis. shall we say debunked? Yeah. Yeah. Debunked. Yeah. If you are have again. <laughs> if, you, if you do not own a home and you are in your 20s or even if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, if you've you never owned a norm. home, you are normal. This is normal. Not something to stress about. No. Okay, Lily, I want to know about 
Uh, oh, I love this one. The jobs. You want to know about careers? I, yeah. I, I feel like you're a careery girl. To me, I look at you, I'm like, careery. You're a career girl. What's a career careery girl? I think because you work for like a good I'm a corporate com- slave. You're a corporate gal. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I, see, I see you. And also, I, need an, I, I know that you have had a myriad of jobs in oh your time. God. And I want to know how many – I want to know about – how many like can you have a career change and how many how many people mm. are staying in the same job like is it like oh we become a nurse and we stay a nurse for the rest of our life or we become a teacher and we're the teacher for the rest of our life like well, I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to this because I kind yes. of have stayed in the same lane mm. and I have wanted a career change for a long time but actually this is a hack for you if you're in your early 20s or if you're in actually I don't even wherever know. You are. Wherever you are, if you feel like you want to change careers and change pace, do it before you get a mortgage and and you know have children or yeah, like any of those things because it makes in. it a lot harder to basically start at the beginning. Like if you've worked your way up a corporate ladder and you're earning you know good money and it, and and therefore you've expanded your lifestyle to that pay packet basically Mm. this is what something people don't talk about you start earning more money and then you expand your lifestyle you get a bigger mortgage if you've bought a house uh, house, if you've bought a house or you like have a bigger place that you're renting Mm. then your bills get bigger you get a nicer car Mm. you like purchase you live within your means no no your means expand your means expand yes your means expand and it makes it incredibly hard to then go, oh, I'm going to have a whole career change and I'm going to go back and study. Minimum and, wage. and Yes, I'm going to go mm. back to a minimum wage and start at the bottom of that corporate mm. ladder. If I had my time again and I knew what I know now, mm. I would have probably not, not done my career. No, I, I like <laughs> no, my career. I do yeah. like my career, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, I die for this every day. I absolutely yeah. love it. And that being said, I don't think anybody really truly loves yeah. working five if, days if a you week. Are, if you are like working in a job that you absolutely love, like, tell us. I want to know yeah, what it what is. Are you like, doing? What, what are you doing? How do I do get that. there? Yeah, but I would say if you have that feeling of maybe I should study something else or maybe I should try something else, then just do it. Mm, um, I agree. And it's not to say that I can't do that now. I've, like I've definitely been talking to Dan for many years about mm. when is the time that I can change and do that. It's been about deciding like what it is that I actually want to change to and do. Yeah. And you might not even know what that is. No, yet. I don't. I you might don't know. not know. I definitely have passions, but I'm like, is this just a hobby or mm. is this actually a job that yeah. I would want to do every day? What you, what you were saying before about the finances, like when you, like if you are in a good career and you've got it, like you've got a well-paying job and you expand your lifestyle to live within what your pay packet yeah yeah. um i that's something i really struggled with going on maternity leave Mm. i work for a not-for-profit so um we don't get like we don't get maternity leave other than what we get from the government um and i really struggled with that like i i yeah, I, I, I specifically financially, what? I found. No, no, but what about? I just found it really hard to pull back. Yes, like on the you go from of... having a, a regular income. I had a full time permanent role to then literally having nothing, like nothing yeah, coming zero in, dollars, yeah. and it's and it's. I don't. It's. I, it's just an uncomfortable place to be in. Like you mm-hmm. put you, and obviously I have a supportive husband, and we we had prepared and planned. Do you have a baby as as much as you can? So taking a full year off work is very hard. Life is expensive. We have a mortgage. We have to buy nappies and food and 
like the cost of living is expensive. Out of everything that I've been through the last 12 months, the biggest thing I've struggled with is finances. Like I've, I've yeah. Anyway. Emotionally? Um, like a, the emotional aspect of not bringing in money. Yes, and then actually just like the... The, the, the day-to-day, <laughs> I can't buy that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or the I'll buy that even though I don't, like, okay, I shouldn't. Lucky, yes, even though I shouldn't buy it. <laughs> lucky we have afterpay and stuff. Like I sh- Yes. Yeah. I've, I've struggled to pull back and live within the means that I'm currently in. That so I'm like, hard. cannot wait to go back. I'm like excited to go back to work to stimulate my mind. I'm excited to go back to work to have a yeah. regular pay package. Yeah, that is the one and only <laughs> reason we all go to work. Okay, so yeah, on that topic, I yeah. guess, I definitely think there is a pressure when you're in your 20s slash entering into your 30s as we've discussed that yeah you should be in like whatever career you're going to do for Mm. the rest of your life it might not be at the specific company but in the line of work that you plan to do Mm. and working your way up the corporate ladder or if you're not working in corporate you know like whatever that job might look like you're supposed to have been in some kind of stable Mm. um yeah job or line of work basically we basically wanted to just talk about is this again is this realistic i have been in the same line of work for 10 years Mm. like I work in marketing um but the types of jobs that I have done that fall under the very large umbrella of marketing is like a million Mm. I've had I've worked at god we figured this out the other day how many was it well outside of my line of work like I studied marketing and now I work in marketing outside of that I think I'd had close to 16 different jobs I'm pretty sure you'd had 17 jobs yeah since like since you started working as a teenager I'm a jobaholic I think I think I'm a full-on jobaholic whereas I've had like four or something yeah I think I've had four I thought everybody's had a million I've worked in pubs bars cafes shops I've never worked in a cafe never worked in a bar you're joking never had to serve anyone food Wow, mm-hmm. it's a real. I just like tell skill. them what to eat. I yeah, yeah <laughs> like I'm as I'm like yeah. as a dietitian. Yeah. I'm like eat this yeah, and do this. That. And when you're at uni, mm. and they're like, "Oh, these are all the different jobs you can do when you graduate." My job wasn't on there because it didn't. It just wasn't in the the realm of what you could do no. as a dietitian. So, and it really is you can do anything yeah. with because you learn you learn and develop skills through your working life as well. So. The average person's the average person the change, average person <laughs> the average person changes jobs twelve times in a lifetime. So I've already You've had already a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, wow. You nearly doubled that. Wow. And the average employee stays with their employer for four point three years. That's wow. that's actually quite long. I feel mm. like I have typically changed employers every two a, years. Mm. Even in your career. This is the company I'm with now have been with the longest. Mm. Interesting. Coming up to almost four years, yeah. Mm. But again, like But then you've been you're of child like you you've you've been I've, with child. Yeah, I've been going on maternity <laughs> I've gone on maternity leave twice. Um so who knows if I had been working this whole time maybe I would have changed earlier. <laughs> I don't know. Workers aged twenty five to thirty have an average of four and a half jobs. At the same time? No. So I don't know about you, but I'm struggling with one. <laughs> no, 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 surely not. <laughs> that must be by their, by that age. Now that we've got into our 30s, like obviously you're a couple of months in, I'm a couple of days in, um, like has anything changed for you in your 30s? No, nothing. <laughs> Life has gone on as normal. So yes. I think 
yeah, that's a, a central takeaway that you will turn 30 and nothing will change unless you want it to. If you are listening to this and reassessing your life and going, what do I want to do? Who am I? And they're all great questions to ask because if you want to change things, then great. You're asking the, the right questions and you can change those things. But not like by just by turning 30, nothing will change. Yes. You wake up in the morning and you that. still are the same person that yes. you were when you went to bed the night before. Exactly. But I think it is – It is no, not unfortunately. No. I think um, it is that opportunity for – like you've learnt so much in your 20s. What can you carry forward and what do you want to let go of? And yes. it's an, it is an opportunity to sort of refresh and restart, reprioritise. And what yeah. you want going forward. Yeah, exactly. but that's your own decision to do those things. It's not – like you don't. It's not the age making you do no. it. <laughs> oh my god! How many? Someone could play a drinking game with how many times we've said thirty in this episode. Oh, let's. We have to count. We should. <laughs> Why don't we talk about three lessons that we learnt from our twenties that we're going to take into our thirties? So yes. Emily, you can oh, start. Do you want me to go first, or yeah, do you want to? You go? go first. Okay. I feel like I've learnt so much in my twenties. I'm like so. I'm not, I'm not wise now, but no. I I feel like. We were talking earlier about if I could go back and tell my 20-year-old self something, what would I tell them? And I just like, I wish I could go back and tell that young, naive girl, like, don't do this and don't do that and do this and do yeah, that. What are the, what are the it's this? It's so hindsight. <laughs> what are the this is in the So um, the biggest thing for me that I've learned in the last 10 years is it's okay to say no, like, and be comfortable with saying no and and I, I, I always say, oh, it's selfish, but it's be a bit self, like be selfish like it's being selfish isn't selfish mm. because you've got to put yourself first and to be able to give 100% to the people around you and the things you want to do in life, you have to sometimes say no. Um, that's a big one for me. Yeah. The other one is uh, there's never a perfect time. I think so often throughout my 20s, I was always like looking for the perfect, like, oh, I, like there's, a, there's, there's a perfect time to like get married and have kids mm-hmm. and there is never a perfect time. Um, so go with the flow and if you want to do something, like if you're cre- questioning a career change or you want to break up with your partner or you, <laughs> whatever it is, like you're ready to have children and what, whatever that may yeah, be. Don't wait for don't when wait you think for it's going to per- be perfect. No, yeah. because it, it, it never comes around. Like there's, mm. there's always no, – no, all the stars never will align perfectly. You just have to make a decision with what is right for you and at that point in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my third one is don't go on that diet. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I I spent a lot of time in my in my te- teens and twenties doing crazy stupid things with eating, and I just I wish I could go back and say don't do it. All my friends will know. Like I'm always you can't don't like they do, if they're ever doing some stupid diet. I'm always telling you not to do it. So just. Don't go on the diet. Listen to your body and focus on building a healthy relationship with food is probably like my, yeah. We're going to have a whole yeah, episode on that Yeah, we'll do an episode that on that, but yeah, yeah I it feel very strongly topic. about that. Yes. Okay, Lily, tell me about you. What are your three takeaways from your 20s that you're going to bring forward? Mm, yeah, I think the biggest one that I said actually on the day of my 30th too was that and I've been, I have been working on this for like a while, was to give less fucks or I've written less Fs, <laughs> give less fucks about what people think. I think I've spent a lot of years and like definitely in my early 20s kind of been easing a little bit. I think that just comes mm. with age too and like you're time poor and you have kids and all of that kind of thing and you just 
can't be bothered to care anymore. Mm. But I really have been trying to work on caring less about what other people think. I think I have been worrying so much about what people might think about something that I I want to do for me that I don't even do it. But yep. I don't, how do I know what they think when I haven't even said I want to do it? You know, it's insane. Yes. But it's just a form of anxiety. I feel like I you've. I feel like you've gotten better at that, though. Like I hope so. You definitely. But I don't know. You definitely have. I think you definitely care less about what people think. Yeah, and because if I, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to, and I'm also trying to just like be exactly who I am. And if someone doesn't like that, mm. then that's up to them. I don't. I've got my kind of support yeah. system now. I've got my friends, my family. I know who I am. If you don't like me, then that's fine. Not everybody yeah. has to. Even like Even doing you. a podcast like this, this is putting yes. both of us out. People of are going to have things zone. to say. I'm sure, as yeah. everybody does on the internet, but. We're doing it anyway because yeah. if this helps one person or if it just helps you and I, like exactly. I don't even care if not one single person listens to this. I don't care about anyone else. No. <laughs> I don't this, care. Yeah, this it is might just be our mamas that listen. Exactly. <laughs> then that's fine. Doing this podcast is is, is so, like a manifestation a of, of that, maybe. Yeah, yes, and a bit of true. like it's like therapeutic. It's like okay, I I'm, I'm, so. I'm going to prove I'm going to prove, prove myself wrong. And wrong. Yeah, yeah. you're going to prove yourself wrong. Exactly. Okay, and then another one that I have. Um, it's a, I think this is the quote, but. I try and tell myself this a lot. Perfect is the enemy of good. And I think mm-hmm. I've spent, again, a lot of my life, probably my all my life, waiting for something to be perfect or working on something and not, you know, releasing it to the world or not comp- not finishing something or not moving forward with something because I'm waiting for it to be perfect. Mm. And if you wait for something to be perfect, if you're anything like me where you just overanalyze anything and everything – then nothing will ever be perfect and therefore you'll never do anything. Yes. So do you do this at work? At work, um, getting dressed in the morning, yeah. making decisions in life, making something creative. Yeah. I'm waiting for like things to Like a five-minute email takes you two hours yeah. because it has to be, be absolutely perfect, perfectly and therefore I'm, Yeah, I'm being less efficient, all yeah. of those things. It creeps into everywhere in my mm. life. So now I'm like if, if I th- consider something to be good – send it out or do it it or complete it or move on. Otherwise I will just be stuck in this zone of waiting for something to be perfect. And you look back and it's like the things that like you did that were just the good things. They're the things that end up being good and the perfect things end up being shit. Yeah. Because you've overthought it. (laughs) Because you've overthought it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then my third one was everything will work out exactly how you want it to. So just let go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, I love that spent a lot of time going, oh, what if this, what if that, what if I don't get this, what if I don't have that, what if I'm this, what if I'm, you know, yeah. like it just goes on and on and on my and list. Questioning. questioning everything and worrying that my life wouldn't end up how I want it to be. And if, you know, going into my 30s or completing my 20s has shown me anything, it's that everything that I've wanted and I've put my mind to has worked out in one way or another. It might not be exactly the way, but it's Mm. worked out some kind of way. So I just need to try and let go a little bit, let go of control, let go of all the planning and going what if, and just let my life roll on for the next decade and, like, it will work out however it's supposed to be. So what will be will be. Exactly. Very um, philosophical of us. I know, and I also feel, like, really empowered by what you've said. I'm like, oh, that is, like, 
Oh, I feel better listening to you. So I'm like, oh, everything does. And it's true. Everything, everything works does, out. Yeah. And like everything works out in the wash. There's you know? no, yeah, it all comes out in the wash. It, that's exactly it. Not always the bloody stains on my children. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Okay. Oh, I've loved this. Same. This was good. Yes. We just spoke for two hours. I know. I'd like now we have to try cut this down to like a one hour episode. I know. It's going to be insane. But it's been so fun. And we hope that. If you've listened to us today, you've taken something away and you're ready for our ongoing episodes. We have lots of exciting topics that we're going to be talking about and some amazing guests that we're going to be having come on to the podcast. So we can't wait to chat more and dive into some really fun topics about the messiness of modern womanhood because <laughs> we are in there. We are there We're with you. It. We're in the trenches. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>